Welcome on this Father's Day as we continue our study in the epistle of James, the brother of Jesus. And this week we look, as you can see behind me on the slide, Christ-centered faith excludes self-boasting. A few weeks ago I turned 65 and reached the point that I look at life in shorter spans than long-term goals. Time is precious and wasted on a long-term goal at this stage in my life is simply unwise. At 65, I am now closer to the end than the beginning of my life. Who knows, I might even live another 30 years, God willing. My future, whether long or short, is in the hands of my God, whom I put my trust. Someone said, time can be used or wasted. Time can be invested or squandered. Time can be either of the above, but either way, once it's used, it can never be regained. Time matters because we have such a limited supply. Since COVID-19 became a regular part of our everyday experience, plans for tomorrow have been changed, have been shelved, and have been adjusted for the time being. We are learning now to live in the now of life. For the moment, that is all we have. The sad thing is that most people miss out on God's timing for today, for the now. Consequently, they live in the land of, I regret, I could have, I should have, I could have been. John Ortbrook, we've done many studies with his materials, once said that once a move is made, there is no going back. COVID-19 has taught us that lesson as well. Life does not have a rewind button. Time is our one disputable, non-renewable resource. You can't recycle it. Where did the time go? At the end of every day, one more box and the calendar has shifted from the future to the past, as we're still living in the present. Life is one of those games in which you can only move forward in life. Yes, there are living memories of the past, and we thank God for those memories and, and the past that we have all experienced, but they are to be used to propel us, to move forward into God's future. There is no living in reverse, and no one knows what tomorrow will bring. No human controls our tomorrows, for all of creation is dependent on God's ruach, as we studied a few weeks ago, God's spirit for existence, his breath, his wind. James, once again, is exhorting the messianic congregations of the dysphoria throughout the ancient Roman Empire and beyond against planning and acting. Now, remember what I'm saying, planning and acting independent of God's counsel. And the first things he brings us uh, to, to our awareness at this stage is the unwise boasters in verses 13 and 14 that we've had read before. James is speaking now metaphorically about messianic merchants, means Jews that now believe in Jesus Christ. Messianic is not a, pop, a, a term that has been developed for today. It's been existing since Christ died, rose, and ascended. These messianic merchants, these business people, who were deliberate and self-confident planners in themselves. Without including God in their plan, they are confident that they will gain huge profits from their planning. 
You see, businesses in the ancient world, in the ancient Roman world, of James and Jesus and Paul and Peter, were just as competitive as ours are today. James' first word to those who plan without God is, hey, listen, listen up, pay attention. You who say, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a place and we'll build such and such a business, or so on. James wants to get their attention here at verse 13 and 14. He identifies the merchants who plan without God as unwise boasters. They are the ones who are self-confident in themselves. They are the braggadocios who say, look what I have done. Look what I'm going to do. They follow the creed of today as explained by Michael Gerson. Our culture is shouting, blessed are the proud. Blessed are the ruthless. Blessed are the shameless. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for fame. That's the Beatitudes of the world. For all of us that have read Matthew chapter 5 and the Beatitudes of Jesus, far cry from those. See, James here is not arguing against the making of money or planning, but the attitude of self-contained certainty, pride, presumption. It is the sin of presumption. It is a sin. This messianic merchants, this messianic merchants are driven by the bottom line, the profit, and not by the grace of God, not by the will of God. James' brother Jesus once said, what profit a man to gain the world but lose his soul? What profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? See, the soul that is lost is the one that's disconnected, separated from a relationship, from a covenant relationship with God. To gain everything the outside world offers us. Blessed are the shameless, blessed are the Ruthless, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after fame. All that that world, that mindset offers us will do nothing but cause our souls to collapse and decay. You gain nothing if you pursue those beatitudes instead of the beatitudes of Jesus. More to your comments here that James is not trying to banish planning from our lives. For all those guys that just say we're going to wing it. That's not what James is saying, let's wing it. But only that sort of self-sufficient, self-important planning that keeps God for Sunday and Monday to Saturday as mine. Did you get that? That self-important planning that keeps God for Sunday. My Sundays belong to God, but Monday to Saturday, they're mine. See, it's not a life without God that James is talking about. He knows that these people... These messianic merchants believe in God and believe in a life with God, but not for every day of the week, though. See, that's a life where God, who is there, tends to be mostly in the background as a resource who provides energy, who provides ideas when needed. What James wants for us is a humble reliance on God, minus our unwise boasting about my plans, my wealth, my house, my strategies, mine, mine, mine. Really? Is that what a follower of Jesus really wants? God on Sunday and the rest of the week is his or hers? James is speaking to messianic merchants, not the world here. He's speaking to the church. He's speaking now, 2,000 plus years later, to us in Elmsdale. Prince Edward Island, 
James is also speaking out against those who love blessing but devalue sharing their wealth. The unwise boaster is one who's a Christian atheist. I know it's a little bit of a paradox there, but this is what it means. Believing in God, but living as if God doesn't exist. In other words, he or she plans without seeking wisdom from above. The Messianic merchants have it all planned out. Their goal is making money and financial profit. The making of plans and gaining profits is not the point of James' rhetoric. Again, I need to emphasize that. They boast in themselves and not in the Lord. You get, they boast in themselves. They presume, presume upon God in the background. God, could you bless my, give me traveling mercies if I travel. God, could you keep me safe? Could you keep me healthy? God, could you bless my business? God, could you cut my profits? But I only give you one day a week. For the rest of the weeks, I need to build up my portfolio. Unwise bolsters, James calls these people, these messianic merchants. And then he brings us to the part that the wise know, the wise, the ones that are filled with the wisdom of God, know that life is short, it's brief. Here, today, gone, tomorrow. Proverbs 21, 27, rather, verse 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. James compares lifespan as a mist, a vapor that is transitory and suddenly vanishes. And I know you've seen this before. And uh, this has got to be, it's got to be that life is, life is short, right? You got it? There goes my life, all 65 years. All there, and yours as well. That's how brief our life is. Got to be. I definitely don't need that hairspray, as you can see. Life is a mere puff of smoke, and it's brief. David in Psalm 102, verse 11, sang, My days are like an evening shadow. The psalmist from Psalm 90 sang, For my days are like smoke, poof, they're gone. These psalms speak of the brevity of life the shortness of life, despite all our self-boasting about my plans, my profits, my goals, our names will be forgotten and nobody will remember who we are. Oh, God, help us. McKnight adds, Scott McKnight, that is, our life will pass away like the traces of a cloud, be scattered like mist that is chased by the rays of the sun and then overcome by its heat and then... How can we so arrogantly boast about our plans for tomorrow when we may not even be there when tomorrow comes? Life is uncertain. Life is unpredictable. We are totally unaware, uninformed as what tomorrow may bring. We just, we're still in it. COVID-19 changed the course of our lives in a split second. Late Stan Tolera former general superintendent of the Church of the Nazarene once said, live each day as if it is your last. Someday you might be right. Give God every day, not just Sunday, every day as if it's your last breath, your last day. We've all heard this said before, life is more than a dash. You know those dashes that are on our cemetery headstones there? Mine would be 1955 dash question mark whenever that'll be, God knows. God wants us to live our dash to the fullest. Whatever period that dash represents. 
Instead of unwise boasting about our plans, our wealth, and our health, we should say, God willing. That's what James said. If God wills. Yes, plan. But plan with God. Be wise in all things. The Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 18 said, I will return to you if God wills. See, Paul knew that his plans for economic stability and missions rested in the hands of the sovereign God. As Paul put his trust in God, so God put his trust in Paul. See, the sin of presumptuous planning and arrogant, competent goals is a reminder that life is short and such boasting is evil, it's sin. Christ-centered faith excludes self-boasting. See, the wise path is one of humility, which appear in the verses, especially verse 10 of James chapter 4. And dependency on God, if the Lord wills. This is not some mantra that we tag on to an end of the sentence or like tagging on in the name of Jesus when we're not even paying attention to what we're praying or what our heart's desires are. This is not a mantra that we say just to pacify the Lord, to say, Lord, I'm including you in because I said, if God wills. It arises from an attitude of humbleness, of humility before God. The unwise boasters, the wise know that life is short and the wise do not put off doing good, verses 16 and 17. See, the sin that James is exposing is the sin of omission. Not only of the sin of presumption, arrogant boasting, but the sin of omission. In verses 16 and 17, when he tells us that you know what the right thing to do is, and yet you don't do it. You're putting it off to tomorrow. We neglect to recognize the rule, the sovereignty, the, the role of God in, in our lives and over our affairs. Such boasting is therefore especially evil and sinful. James says that anyone who fails to do good commits sin. Ouch. Here goes bossy James again. Who does he think he is anyway? Jesus' brother or something? It's reported, reported rather that Colonel Raw, commander of the British troops in Trenton, New Jersey, was playing cards when a courier brought an urgent message stating that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware. Ra put the letter in his pocket and didn't bother to read it until his card game was finished. The card game was more important than the enemy approaching him. But then he realized the seriousness of the situation. He hurriedly tried to rally his men to meet the coming attack, but it was too late. It was too late. His procrastination caused many of his men to be killed and the rest of the regiment to be captured. Only a few minutes delay cost him his life, his honor, and the liberty of his soldiers. I think we've all heard this poem at one time in our lives. Earth's history is filled with the wrecks of half-finished plans and executed resolutions. Tomorrow is the excuse of the lazy and the refuge of the incompetent. Procrastination is my sin. It brings me nothing but sorrow. I know I should stop it, but in fact I will tomorrow. Eugene Peterson has these verses translated 16, 17, James chapter 4. As it is, you are full of grandosios selves or your grand self all such vaunting self-importance is evil in fact if you know the right thing to do and don't do it that for you is evil 
uh, for you is evil. Remember the Lazarus and the rich man's story? When the rich man tried to come back and rewind the button, or at least get some time for one of some of his relatives to enter there. He had a chance to do good, but he didn't do good. And he begged in the pits of the afterlife for a chance to redeem, but there is no time to redeem once this time has gone. If I boast, I will boast in the Lord. If I plan, I will plan in the Lord. If I know the good to do, I will do the good and the right thing now. You know, we used to sing, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. That's taken from James chapter 4, verse 10. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up higher and higher. It was also part of the song. And the message has it in these words. Get down on your knees, my friend, before the master. It's the only way you can get on your feet if you get on your knees first. If your life is one of humility, praise the Lord. Is of confident arrogance, then you need to repent. This is the main questions that James is asking. We enjoy our life of speculation and manipulation until disaster hits. We have God on Sunday in our lives from Monday to Saturday until disaster happens in our lives, and then we get on our knees and say, Oh God, thank God He's a merciful God and He still intercedes and He still answers our prayer. See, God will help us even when we're in dry straits, but our sin of presumption and omission that says I did it my way must be crucified through the cross of Jesus Christ. Crucify arrogance and knowledge, verses 13 and 14. Crucify arrogance and attitude, verses 15 and 16. Crucify arrogance and behavior, verse 17. As for me, my dear friends and brothers and sisters, I fully realize that life is short, even at 65. And I need the Lord at all times. Yes, I still plan, but my plans are short term rather than long term. And I am planned to include the Lord and my wife. How about you? How about you? I'll leave you with these words from C.T. Studd. But they have been immortalized in your in your lives and in the life of the church through, through the mouth of Blanche Rennie. Life is short to soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. God bless you all. Amen.